0: and welcome to another Fran's Science Art Immunological Series podcast. In this podcast, I want to just have a little summary on the effect of uh, xenobiotics, that is foreign molecules, foreign toxins on our immune system. And in doing so, I'm just going to have a brief recap about our T-cells, our B-cells, our innate and adaptive immune systems. Nothing difficult, just a real recap there. There are some really lovely textbooks out there if you're still going to go old-fashioned, although I think some of these are online now. There's a very nice one, um, Cellular and Molecular Immunology by uh, Abdullah Bass, which is, I love the illustrations in it, so you know me, I like a nice drawing. So this is a very nice textbook. There's also, um, there's uh, Instant Notes in Immunology. I really like that, um, by Peter uh, Lidyard, Whelan and Fanger. And... um, Yeah, very nice, concise information in that one. So those are the two textbooks which I would really recommend uh, if you ever get round to sort of doing any reading. (laughs) So immunology has been slowly gaining ground over the past decade and particularly now in 2020 with COVID-19 the importance of immunology in day-to-day life is overwhelming you find that there are an increasing number of problems however it's not just about death and about getting an infection but you find that if you have exposed yourself to certain toxins for example that come up you might find that there are other issues associated with your immune system start to pop up as well it doesn't just have to end up in death so you find that you have a lot of allergies and hypersensitivities to chemicals and uh, maybe an inability to fight off an infection so we're finding that our immune system can be infected affected rather in a new in numerous different ways where people had never it's not all about uh, mortality anymore it's about morbidity and it's about quality of life We also find that you might get um, toxins can damage your immune system such that you become immunosuppressed or you find that you have an enhanced or misdirected immune response so you promote allergy, inflammatory and autoimmune diseases and you find that you might become chronically asymptomatic and that what that means is that you have no symptoms because you are immunosuppressed um, and you might not be able to generate cytokine responses. So what we find is that sometimes people feel a little bit under the weather after they've been exposed to something that's quite toxic to them and they don't really know what it is. And it could be because it's actually affecting your immune system. And so that's essentially what this lecture is about and about introducing. So understanding the implications that toxic things can actually have on your immune system and how bad it is for your your immune system and as i've said people don't really register uh really quite how bad things are generally you see you see something as toxic if it starts killing you off however your immune system may not be killed off it just starts working very very weirdly so you find there are four categories of immunotoxic effects, ways in which toxins can affect your immune systems. So they can, you can get uh, immunosuppression. And what will happen if you are immunosuppressed, you'll get infectious complications. You might have uh, tumours or cancers induced by viruses. Let's say um, human papillomavirus is one that gives you cervical cancer, for example, although that's not a very good example in here. You might you might not be immunosuppressed. You might have the opposite. You might have immunostimulation where you find that you have um, your immune system's going a bit haywire. So you have reactions related to cytokine release. You just suddenly get sort of you know very active and rashy. You might find that you have more frequent autoimmune diseases cropping up in, in your population. You might have more frequent allergies to unrelated allergens. In addition to which, uh, in associated with allergens, you might have that you are more hypersensitive. So hypersensitivities, like anaphylaxis, you've heard of anaphylaxis, anaphylactic shock, where you have an immune reaction response, where your airways close down, your blood pressure bottoms out, you vasodilate, And you might so find that you have uh, a degree of autoimmunity, where you have autoimmune reactions or organ-specific autoimmune reactions, so either in the whole body or in specific to organs. An autoimmune disease, for example, is multiple sclerosis or rheumatoid arthritis. These things, these uh, sort of autoimmune diseases, all of these, immunosuppression, immunostimulation, hypersensitivity and autoimmunity can be created by things within our environment that have a negative impact on us. This uh, can be shown, for example, if we look at health problems following exposure to chemicals. And this is from a sort of a nursing uh, site that had a look at all of the chemicals that um, the nurses were exposed to. So this includes uh, medications, cancer drugs, uh, housekeeping chemicals, latex, and the associations within this whether they were highly exposed or not very exposed um, to these things and their incidences of cancers of asthma and of miscarriage and all three of these come under the umbrella of immune system dysfunction. So our immune cells, the reason that, that this happens is because our immune cells reside in virtually every tissue and organ of our body. And they exert regulatory influences over the function of the organs in which they reside. So it's a bit like the puppet master. And if you're not concerned only with an immediate death as an outcome, when we're looking at how toxic something is, but also protection against a lifelong chronic disease, the immune system as a toxicological target will move to the top of your list. There are two specific properties that your immune system has, which makes them vulnerable to f- chemical or physical insults. The first is that the immune system develops actually rather late in life. So your thymus, you remember your th- your thymus is this little sort of uh, sort of bow tie shape area that's sort of just um, on your chest, uh, underneath sort of your sort of tracheal bit there, and this develops last, and, and at least until puberty. And immune components within it are continuously renewed, for example, granulocytes. The other property is that each pathogen attack, as well as immune surveillance, demands this really delicate control between activation of your immune system, switching off of your immune system, regulating immune activity. And if this, this sort of balance, this finely tuned sort of dance of of something going up, something going down is slightly kicked out of whack. It has an enormous impact on the entire system itself. So at all times, no matter what, the big pharma companies are always doing excessively well, particularly in creating drugs and now they, we find that the the the, the, six thera- the top six therapeutic classes of drug in, from GlaxoSmithKline in 2010... Now, the reason I, I say 2010, because it, it, we were going a major global recession from 2008 onwards. And despite that, billions and billions of dollars were being made uh, looking at drugs to help improve people's uh, ways of life. And you found that the top ones all involved having antineoplastic, immune, immunomoderatory, uh, vaccines, those sorts of things, the immune system was at the top. So let's have a quick recap about our immune system. The inflammatory response, which most of the time we kind of talk about with our immune system, is something c- acute. It is very short-lived, it's very nonspecific, and it is very, very quickly resolved. You can treat symptoms of acute inflammation using drugs that can prevent the release of mediators and cytokines and things like that. You can give ibuprofen, you can give antihistamines, those sorts of things, which which can have a very immediate effect. Now, the problem is, is that uh, the white blood cells know there's an infection They can migrate to the site of injury chemotactically, and then they can release all of these mediators. However, the problem is, the issues you find is that the immune system is not confined to an organ system, but is decentralised. So that when you have, uh, say for example, you cut your finger, you might find that you have pain radiating throughout your body. The primary and secondary lymphatic organs and also your circulating immune cells, that is your immune system and it's everywhere. So you will have a knock-on effect experienced by your entire body. We've also got the uh, innate and adaptive immune system and in higher organisms there's this older immune system and it's working, it's more evolved and it's a system that's working in concert with the adaptive immune system. So what you find is that the effect of xenobiotics, which is sort of foreign chemicals to you and me, they can push the normal function of your immune system right off balance and cause an immunosuppression or an immunostimulation. So anything even with you know, so even just having a, a localized inflammation um, that is going to be aberrant, that's going to be dysfunctional if your immune system simply doesn't it doesn't work well. So let's just recap the normal function of our immune system key cells. We've got key cells, we've got phagocytes, um, we've got lymphocytes, we've got macrophages, all those sorts of things. And in addition to the, the cells we have, we have, we always talk about molecules and receptors on the cell that are the difference between life and death. Uh, the normal mechanism, so what we're going to talk about in this particular lecture is the normal mechanisms of fighting infection and how these can be induced to go wrong. What we want to then do from that on the basis of that is to understand, once we understand the mechanisms of how these things operate, we can then say, well, if they've gone, become aberrant and if they've stopped working, maybe we can save some lives. One of the issues with pathogens, which are the infective agent, is that most pathogens are intracellular. Some are extracellular and some are both. So vac- uh, so uh, viruses such as influenza are intracellular, Streptococcus is extracellular. If you remember, if you have an extracellular organism, so you've got a lovely bacterium, it is the surface coating of that bacterium which our immune system recognises. And these are very, very specific pathogen-associated molecular patterns that are so essential to the survival of the bacterium, they cannot survive without it. And so our immune system has evolved alongside it to have receptors to recognise those pathogen-associated molecular patterns, for example, lipopolysaccharides. The lipopolysaccharides on the bacterium are recognised by receptors, one of them being the toll-like receptors. On our macrophage and upon binding the macrophage, then all of a sudden becomes activated and it starts releasing a whole load of cytokines such as interleukin one and TNF alpha, which are the cytokines of fever. You've got prostaglandins being released and also histamine and all of these mediators create an inflammatory response, the redness, the heat, the swelling and the pain that is that is experienced. This innate immunity from your macrophages, your your monocytes, your dendritic cells is always present. It's your first line of defense. And each of these phagocytes have the capacity to eat, get rid of stuff and then also release a whole whole load of um, mediators. We also have auxiliary cells such as basophils, mast cells and platelets These are very good at amplifying immune responses and creating uh, a lot of havoc. And you know about histamine as one particular mediator that is released from mast cells. So we know that, that they have very, very important systemic effect. However, we do find that sometimes... Uh, The innate immune system isn't good enough. This first line of defence simply isn't good enough to get rid of all of these invading pathogens. We require something that is more specific, longer lasting and more ferocious. In addition, the immune system needs to adapt as the pathogen mutates. One of the problems that we have with viruses is that they keep mutating. So we, for example, we mount a wonderful uh, immune response to HIV. But that virus mutates and mutates and mutates. And so we have to keep uh, changing our immune system responses to it. Flu is the same. Flu virus, every year, it keeps mutating and keeps changing. So we need to adapt to it. In this way, the adaptive immunity adapts to combat the pathogen. And adaptive immunity, it consists of our lymphocytes. And these are our B cells and our T cells. The B cells produce antibodies and the T cells, there are two types, the T helper and the T killer, go on to um, produce lots of cytokines and to go out and target infected cells. Now, we know that if you don't have, for example, T and B cells, you have uh, a very little chance of survival. And if you have defects in humoral, that's antibody to you and me, and cellular immunity, you can have an early clinical presentation. And if you are untreated, you will have a fatal outcome in the first few years of your life. And in fact, there's a boy who lived in a bubble because he was severe severe combined immunodeficiency disease. He had no T-cells and no B-cells and therefore was very, very, very vulnerable. So if we look at the characteristics of our innate immune system and our adaptive immune system side by side, you can see that the characteristics of our innate immune system and our adaptive immune system are such that the um, innate immune system is very non-specific. It doesn't have immune, uh, it doesn't have a memory and it is, uh, what it, does recognise are molecules shared by groups of related microbes and also molecules produced by damaged host cells and these include uh, the things that are in that include phagocytes, natural killer cells, complement, uh, skin and there are other um, sort of podcasts and things to listen to if you want to find out particularly about complement. Complement can be quite a dry subject I'm just giving you a heads up on that one. The adaptive immune system is for microbial and non-microbial antigens and the diversity is huge, it's very, very large. It also um, has and creates memory and what it does is it's your lymphocytes, your T-cells and B-cells and these produce antibodies um, and also cytokines as well. So your innate immunity and your adaptive immunity work in concert talking to each other. So say for example you had a virus and the virus uh, sort of increase and it gets inside your cells you really need your innate immune system isn't really going to do very much you do find that we need we mean in this, this in instance innate immunity is a very non-specific response if you have a virus you will find that you will get uh, interferon production uh, because the virus will come and your cells will produce an infected cell, will produce type 1 interferon and that will bind to adjacent cells and put them into an antiviral state so they have a sort of a force field around them so the virus can't enter them. You also have uh, natural killer cells which kill infected cells. But really the virus doesn't really start to decrease until the production of your cytotoxic T cells and also your antibodies. Now, each of these working cons, and that's uh, something for another lecture and another podcast, you can catch up on the way that the T-cells and the B-cells work through podcasts um, that you can find here. So in summary, we've got this little whistle-stop tour of our immune system. And the point is, from this, is how toxins and other things in our environment that can essentially, can cause dysfunction of our immune system and actually create immune dysfunction diseases. The dysfunction of our immune system can actually lead to many diseases that we can encounter on a day-to-day basis. And because there are our two types of immunity, our innate immunity, which is the first line of defence, and our adaptive immunity, they work very tightly in concert with each other and each one of them has developed independent mechanisms for recognising foreign bodies. Multiple cells are involved in each of these stages that release multiple mediators. The toxins at the, af- can, can affect the immune system um, at any one of these sites of, infe- of immune activation or immune action. So it could be affecting something at the cytokine level, at the cellular level, at the production of the cells, within the lymph, within the thymus, within the development. All of these things can actually be targeted. And because of this, uh, it's very difficult to actually know how uh, something that is immunotoxic can maybe behave or act specifically. It becomes very, very clouded and very, very difficult. So that's a a response to a virus, and you you can see that responding to a virus involves your innate system working tightly with your adaptive immune system, and you need those innate immune cells to talk to your adaptive immune cells. And so you find that dysfunction in any one of those parts of the immune system, and there are many layers, can lead to a lot of immunological diseases um, that we encounter, on a day-to-day basis. So to quickly recap, we've got these two types of immunity, the innate immunity, which is the first line of defense, and our adaptive immunity. Each one of these has developed independent mechanisms for recognizing foreign bodies. Multiple cells are involved, releasing multiple mediators, and something toxic can affect, a xenobiotic it's called, can affect the immune system at any one of these many sites of immune activation. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to this immune introduction and join me next time when we talk a little bit more about our immune system. Thanks for listening.